Amen. Very good. Wow. What a wonderful uh, environment. And uh, we, we just need to be... Uh, the Lord needs to remind us many, many times when we gather like we are gathered that we, know we will all the time hear these trumpets of the prophetic trumpet will keep on uh, blowing among us. And for me to be able to speak behind or in the context of what we've just experienced uh, just blesses my heart so much and uh, feel that this is a, a conference that God himself has designed and I want to believe with all my heart as we conclude and as we begin to spill over into the world, the world will be able to fill us. We'll be able to become what we've been hearing because from the very first night um, up to now, there is a provocation that is coming through the various, whether it is to do with the seminars, whether it's to do with just people sitting and gathering in different places, God has been provoking us. And uh, there is a, an element of faith that is rising up within our hearts. And I can just see the world becoming a beneficiary as a result of this great conference. We really want to thank you very much for uh, opening up uh, Mike and his team, opening up the relationship that we are enjoying at the moment uh, between the two spheres. There is a, a special relationship that God has been able to knit us. And I can see uh, this cross-pollination is going to become a big blessing for uh, wherever we are touching, wherever God is leading us. And I want to believe with all my heart that uh, some of you people in this context will find yourselves in some of the countries that God has opened for us. At the moment, we've got about 12 nations that we are working effectively and very successfully. God is helping us to be able to address some of the uh, brokenness, even as we share about the broken world. And a local church or the church for a broken world, God has enabled us to be able to uh, become healing to uh, the many nations within our continent. And I really want to believe that as this relationship continues to grow, we will find our sons and daughters crisscrossing. And uh, that way, it will begin to paint the picture that we are longing for, that we are one new man in Christ. And this is very, very powerful. So for us to be able to be here this morning and to be able to be speaking to you here uh, but uh, like you know, we are also recording this particular program, uh, which will be able to be shown to uh, our country and the countries that watch us through the satellites. Uh, we will be able to uh, see the blessings of God, which will keep on being multiplied. We want to thank you very much because of your continued prayers. Uh, some of uh, we're coming uh, behind us. We've got people that are suffering and people that are going through very difficult times uh, because of drought and famine that has been in some of the parts of our nation and we've been able to call out to our friends and we want to thank you very much because of the response that we are getting uh, this morning what i intend to do with us and that is why i'm saying that for me to be able to see i was praying for what is happening this morning i was praying that god because we we are we, we're trying to provoke every one of us to catch the prophetic uh, because i believe with all my heart when people, become, people join the Christian faith, when people get to know Jesus, the leaderships must try as quick as possible to at least make sure that every born-again believer is caught up by the apostolic and the prophetic. 
And this is to me is very, very crucial because sometimes we can wait a bit. And when we try to bring people to understand the global picture or to understand the bigger picture that God has called us into, it's a little bit too late. Or when we try to provoke people to be able to be, get excited about the prophetic, we also find that it is a little bit too late. So we have tried within our context to be able to immediately people get to know the Lord. We, we tell our leaders, make sure that our, our, our folk are all caught up into what God is, has called us into as a movement of churches in our region, but also what God is doing around the world, but, and, and, and making sure that people understand the whole thing regarding the, the prophetic. And so some of the things that will be happening this morning, we will uh, be able to, at some point, we've got a DVD that is going to be running at some point. It's all part of my, my sharing with us this morning, and I will encourage even as you watch the DVD, which includes my, I'm speaking and at the same time showing you some of the things that have come out as a result of hearing the prophetic. And we will ask as many as are in this room uh, to keep on uh, getting the different dimensions because some of the things we want to show, share with you have come to us not because of anything else. It's because God spoke to us. And I really want to say that the time has come for us to become a people uh, who picks the heart of God, just like the, what we have been able to say in the, the brief summary of what I am sharing with us this morning, are people that are able to see beyond where we are. The prophetic comes to us so that we can, our eyes can be opened to some of the things that are not being seen by many people, are people that are able to discern, because we are talking about uh, a world that is broken. We are talking about people that are hurting, and some of them are not willing to share some of the things that are going through in their lives. But once God has been able to bless us with the dimension of the prophetic, we are able to design some of the uh, things that are seated deep inside the people uh, through the discernment. We can be able to help them in their moment of problem. Are people who can be able to see what no one else can see. And uh, as you will watch the DVD in a short while, you'll be able to see that one of the things that I'm trying to encourage us. And, and well, last night was great for, for me to sit here and hear Richard mention the same thing about what is it that are we seeing? What is, what is the church seeing? Because we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the world is broken. But maybe many churches are not seeing that. Many believers could not be seeing that. And it is important. If we're going to become uh, the solution to the problems of our world, the big question that needs to be presented to every believer, every one of us, is what is it that we are seeing? And what are we seeing in our neighborhoods? What are we seeing in our, in our locations? What is it that the church is looking to? What, what are we gazing to? Because uh, what we are seeing will be able to propel us to be able to take the action that is needed to address some of the problems. Uh, some of the pictures we want to show you, uh, one of the scriptures that really blessed us so much when I was, uh, uh, we're talking about the early days of our ministry that goes back to, uh, you know, about 39 years ago, uh, God began to share with, show us the importance of the prophetic from the moment I became a Christian from a Catholic background, where, where I was not, I could not be able, we, you know, from the Catholic background, the Bible was not something you could touch. You could only sit and wait for uh, uh, the, the priest to tell you what the Bible says. And when I became a Christian, uh, you know, mighty, mighty miracle took place in my life. I was... Uh, dying with a, with, a, with, a, with a heart condition, God instantly healed me. And, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, uh, 
immediately filled with the Holy Spirit, and I began to open the Bible. And when I opened the Bible, I discovered that this is a book that is full of prophetic uh, inclination. It's the, the book that is filled with words that are telling me about what the future holds. And uh, one of the verses that really has been able to shape us so much, it's uh, the book, the Acts. For example, just to be able to show you how the prophetic in the early church uh, was able to shape was, was able to be a prophetic word came to the people and how the, that prophetic message was able to help the entire church to be able to respond to a crisis. Let's open our Bibles together in the book of Acts chapter number uh, 11 and verses number 25 to 30. Uh, the prophetic has also been able to, uh, when we think about new, new frontiers, the, the, the new frontiers is what it is because of the words that have come to us from uh, the Downs, uh, the Stonelit era, uh, Brighton time. I mean, we, have, we are what we are because of the words that God gave our precious brothers and sisters. And, and it's, it's very important for us, and that is why this context is just blessing my heart so much, to see, once again, this is a value. This is something that is treasured by all of us. Uh, Acts 11 and verses number 25. This is a, a word that will be able to show us what I'm talking about. The Bible says that Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when, they, when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The very first group of believers were called Christians. And immediately what you see is the prophetic shaping this group of people. They are, they are, they are, they are, that is the first time we hear the name Christians. And the Bible says during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And it's great what Mike was sharing with us. From an Old Testament, we're hearing how Elijah is standing up and is able, it's looking, the, the, the situation is looking very dumb, dark. I mean, you look to the situation, there is no hope. The situation is, the, the famine is uh, destroying and there's no rain and other things. And uh, the prophetic stands up, ignores the way things are looking, and is able to say, uh, go tell Ahab to prepare because there is a rain coming. The same thing is happening here. The problem that is going to be prophesied in this situation is not happening, but the prophetic is shaping the early church and beginning to tell them what is going to be happening. The Bible says during this time, some prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Abagas stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine will spread over the entire Roman world. And in, in bracket, this happened during the reign of Claudius. But see what happens. The prophetic speaks, blows the trumpet about a situation and see what the church is did. The Bible says the disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Brothers and sisters, the New Testament church needs the prophetic more than anything else because we're dealing with a broken world, and the church needs to be provoked. It's not just about a prophetic that just comes in our context and we have wonderful moments of prophesying to each other. But it's the prophetic that is general, the prophetic that is able to bring encouragement to the believers, 
Prophetic that is able to help us pick what is in the heart of God, but above everything else is prophetic that is looking to a world that is sick, a world that is lacking, a world that is having an impression of everything is looking good, but it is broken. And that is the reason I'm saying that during this session and during our times together, we'll try and have some minutes so that we can be able to once again allow the trumpet of the prophetic to be able to be heard by all of us because we want as many as are in this room, all the leaders in this place, so that we can be able to get out into our churches to go and propel our people into becoming more prophetic so that we can address the problems that we have. The pictures that you're about to see, one, one it's, uh, it's called Manyangalo, it's a forgotten community, and God prophetically spoke to us. They never even knew that this country was in, our country, Kenya, was in the, had received its independence 14 years ago. They were living in absolute urgent poverty. God using the mouth of a prophet called Ben Davis. I took him, freedom myself. We went to encounter these people for the first time. And I want to say this. As a result of the prophetic, that community is completely transformed today and they are able to influence their world. They are making big, big money, and it's a complete transformation that has taken place. And we've got the other one that we are working at the moment in Tukana. Again, it's as a result of the prophetic. God has spoken to us at the moment, just like what we've read in this portion of Scripture. And we are responding not from a just humanitarian grounds, we are not an NGO. We are hearing the voice of God and we are reaching out. And I'm telling you, transformation is taking place as a result of that. During the dark hour in our country, 2007, when there was the post-election, everything was looking like the country is following Rwanda or following uh, Somalia or other broken countries in, in Africa. And God used our TV program that at this moment is a strong voice a prophetic voice in the country. God helped us to be able to stand when it was looking dark and of no hope. And we were able to prophesy and say, Kenya, hear the voice of the Lord. You will not disintegrate, but you will stand. And take it from me, Kenya stood because we prophesied. So the moment has come for us to be able to see the prophetic, not only from the context of our local churches, but the prophetic being able to influence that the nation and nations and even the globe as it is. So I want to welcome you now to watch this DVD. Please do take notes because uh, after that, what will happen is uh, I will just come over to kind of close up uh, because it's a 15 minutes DVD. And it's, it's, it's going to help you to be able to hear what I'm saying, but also to see what is happening as a result of our believing and hearing the voice of God uh, in obeying the prophetic. Please. Let's have the DVD. Thank you. Uh, I would like to begin by really saying to us that we are all together seated in a wonderful conference that is looking to uh, a big question, and that is the question of uh, how can the church become the solution to a broken world? And I, I'm standing in a very wonderful position. Um, behind me here, uh, I am able to see beautifully the land of opportunity, the land, the great land of Meru. 
And the reason is very simple. It's because of the position that I possess. It's because of the place I am standing. And I, the reason I'm saying that is because uh, if the church is not placed in a position where we can be able to see and where we can be able to understand what is happening in our world, it would be very impossible for us to be able to understand that we're living in a world that is broken. And I really want to say something very important. When we talk about the broken world, we're talking like in our case. I mean, we recently, uh, we've just been battling with terrible drought in the country of Samburu and Trukana, where thousands of people have been affected. We're talking of, uh, uh, in one local church, uh, uh, over eight people perished as a result of famine. Uh, 1,000 plus animals succumbed to uh, this drought. What do you call that? It's brokenness in a different way. And uh, the church must come in and become a solution to that problem. Uh, this is a, a place called Kalko. Uh, we are visiting our friends here to be able to uh, see for ourselves what's happening. And uh, some of the things that we are holding, these are some of the fishing nets. Unfortunately, uh, some of them have completely been uh, uh, destroyed. And today will be a very important day because uh, with us we've brought brand new nets and which will be able to boost the fishing uh, business with all these brothers and sisters uh, to another level. Uh, just behind me here, uh, it's where Lake Tukana is and it's rich with all types of fish. And we've been very happy because uh, Samuel here has been very good in making sure that uh, uh, since we started the project, that is launching the boats and uh, being able to give these nets, something has been happening and people here are getting empowered. But not only that, we will uh, also share the little food that we've got with, with us uh, because like you know at the moment, Tukana is facing one of the worst one of the worst droughts and many people have lost their lives so many animals have, have succumbed to this drought and and we've we've continued to stand with these brothers and sisters with the little that we're able to access and therefore even today on top of giving brand new nets we'll also share with them uh, some little food the four areas in which i believe the solution uh, to the, to a broken world uh, will be gotten and what god is helping us in this in our context uh in addressing a broken world it is an increase of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom and what i mean by that is very simple what comes to mind and what the joy that we have been able to see as we encounter people that we've preached over the last couple of years telling us i listen to you either on tv or during one of the messages that we brought out in the open air We've got to preach the message of repentance and forgiveness. People need, because people are lost inside. The reason why the world is broken is because it's being governed by people who have got sin deep inside. And so I really want to say that one way in which the solution to the brokenness that we have will be gotten is for us to believe God, for people to become aggressive with the message of of repentance and forgiveness. The second way in which we will we'll be able to uh, break, uh, bring the healing that is needed into our communities is getting to know uh, what uh, the Bible shows us, whether it's in the Old Testament, New Testament, that uh, there is evil force that is at work. I like what Paul says when Paul is uh, engaging with this world during his time. He says, our battle is not, is not carnal, 
but spiritual realms. It's spiritual wickedness. It's spiritual evil forces. And Paul is also telling us that we've got the power to break down every uh, evil force. And I believe with all my heart before we can begin to see the healing of a broken world, we've got to address the whole area of evil forces around us. But number three, and very important, and this is where God has enabled us to be able to see big results, it is beginning to address immediate uh, needs of the people that we target. Like I've just mentioned in Tukana, uh, big problems with drought. And what we've been doing is uh, bringing uh, hope by coming with relief supplies, giving children food and milk and the things they need, uh, giving adults food that can be able to keep them for a fortnight and then get back again and continue the supplies, but not forgetting the long-term solutions. And uh, like now in Manyangalo, uh, which was uh, one of the most difficult places that uh, uh, when we started to preach the gospel in this country, uh, some of these places were completely, they never knew that this country was uh, independent. And what happened? We went there and uh, the gospel they couldn't be able to understand is the gospel of addressing the immediate plus the long term. It, reaching to a point where we had even to involve uh, the legal practitioners from our church, the lawyers that we have in our congregation, were able to fight a battle uh, with the colonists that generation so that the, these people could be able to own a land. Samburu, the same case. We went there addressed, addressing immediate problems, but also long-term giving of animals and the like. Told story of Manyagalo, marginalized, forgotten, downtrodden. The Manyagalo, even at an era of freedom in Kenya, still lived in the shadow of the colonial era. They owned no land and nothing of their own. Manyagalo was discovered seven go Today, Manyagalo is no longer the same. They have experienced the dawn of new freedoms in a post-colonial space and transformation by the gospel. Manyagalo, the once marginalized community, is today a true reflection of the God of justice. Manyagalo is for the first time practicing improved farming. They have a testimony of God's justice and hope. And from that overflow of the tank, this is the product now you can see. You can see maize, beans, and even you can see it's very 
actually, this one now proves to us that we are actually not rejected people. Mm. Before we hoped that we thought that we are actually rejected. We didn't have hope. Yeah. Now, actually, this one proved to us that actually we are not rejected. So we expect another uh, irrigation water project, and which they call it that as a giant project. And we hope getting that one, actually this area will be paradise. Not, uh, I think every one of us will one day have a good shelter, have their own vehicle, good health, educate our children. Something well, actually now we have hope. Before come back here and steam, we used to treat ourselves, our, our, our people used to go to get these herbs from the forest. Because the medical medicine, I'm a medical cost is very high. We can't afford. Since now, actually, they have started visiting us. First of all, mortality, death rate is actually very low now for the children. Water disease, uh, waterborne diseases, actually now is very rare. Find it there, our people. Like streams of life, like a land flowing with milk and honey, Manyagalo today flows with fresh water and air. Manyagalo has not only fresh water, they have experienced the living waters, the transformation of the gospel, the God of justice. And once upon a time, this was uh, one of the most uh, forgotten areas. Uh, the people here were downtrodden. Uh, I mean, people did not even know. Uh, it's like the people were living in the dark days where uh, people are not even aware about independence and what have you. And today, after 12 years of working with these wonderful people, my heart is so excited to be able to come and see the progress. Uh, the progress has just been amazing. Everything has not just happened overnight. Uh, you know, it's been a process. But uh, I can be able to say, coming back 12 years down the line, and just to be able to see the, the amazing development that has taken place, is just amazing. I think now to us now, this is the third phase of Manyangalo. Excellent, excellent. The first phase is the one that you found it. Yes. And we, you found them with a very big problem that we start to help and you do a lot of things, be bringing them up. The second phase is that the is the development that you did, example like the water that you have been taking place, yes. the demarcation and whatever. And now the third phase is this one now of the product, the outcome of the product of what you have done. Even you have seen that there are some people who bought cars. Yes. You have seen yes. people buy building good houses. Exactly. And uh, I think in very many other development, the products from Manyangalo will be taken even up to overseas. Exactly. And this exactly. is one of the products that now they are going down to overseas. Wow. This example. That's amazing. This is what uh, God can be able to do. Uh, you know, when you love a people and you're able to uh, sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed, uh, have patience, uh, because Manyangalo is not something which has just happened overnight. And uh, we've been able to pay the price of patience uh, lobbying, but also just being able to sit down and talk and share and 12 years down the line, I am one of the most fulfilled people just to come here and be able to see uh, a completely transformed community. This excites my heart.
And uh, finally, and the most important, is making sure that even as we preach the gospel and uh, make sure that people encounter Jesus Christ who forgives sins and we also... Uh, uh, you know, deal with all the spiritual wickedness that is working in any given locality, binding and setting people free, we, and also making sure that uh, we are addressing immediate and long-term solutions. We must engage with the governance because many things are getting wrong in the area of policy. And I've been such a joy for me to be able to see that our approach has been holistic. We've not just, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, say to ourselves, let's preach the gospel. Let us, uh, uh, you know, deal with the spiritual forces uh, through, uh, you know, spiritual warfare. Uh, let us deal with immediate and long-term solutions, forgetting uh, governance, because that's where it matters most. The decisions that are made in governance, they will affect our world. And we need, as believers of our generation, to get engaged. So, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and i want to say uh, as the church arises up to this message we will begin to see the healing that we are looking for in a broken world a local church for a broken world and i'm saying again a local church for a broken world although we are thinking about the church uh, uh, for the broken world it begins with the local church So that helps us to know, just to be able to see from the background, this is, these are products of a prophetic, just like in the case of what we have just read in the book of Acts. The, 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 the church was able to hear a prophetic word. Uh, you know, th they were gathered in Antioch, and suddenly Agabus is able to lead the other prophets to be able to say, look here, there is a, a coming, there is a disaster coming. And that was able to help the church to be able to become proactive towards addressing the problem. And that is the reason why I'm saying that, brothers and sisters, we need, as much as we treasure the great moments that we have in our local churches to do with the prophesying over one another, the moment has come for us to be able to see the world as a world that is broken because what is happening is that uh, uh, there is very little prophetic understanding of what is the problem. And we may be able to have that provocation coming upon us time and again. One of the, just being able to follow through that, I was able to realize and to see how Nehemiah was able, because of the prophetic edge in his life, how Nehemiah is able to address the problem that was facing the children of Israel, or what, what the problem that was facing by, with the broken walls in Jerusalem. In the book of Nehemiah, the Bible is saying something that I would like to quote. Uh, chapter number one, the words of, the, of, of Nehemiah, son of Echaliah, in the ninth month of Keslev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some of the men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the, ex the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and in, in the disgrace. And I think we need to be able to relate this word with our current world. When we talk about the brokenness of the world, when we think of uh, uh, how much this world has been broken, some of the things that, have, that can be able to agree with Nehemiah here, I was just looking and I saw some of the areas in which this brokenness has been able to touch. We're talking about 
The world is broken. There is brokenness in family. There is brokenness in politics, governance, and leadership. There is brokenness in public social services. There is brokenness in general infrastructure. And some of these things are even mega. They are big when we talk about some of the developing countries like in Africa. So Nehemiah will respond, not because of anything else, because he was interested to be able to capture what was in the heart of God regarding these people. And that is the beginning of this great war that we talk about, the rebuilding of the walls of, Je of Jerusalem. And I really want to say, brothers and sisters, we need to know, as much as we are looking to uh, uh, the, the world that we belong because we come from different worlds, and it is possible some of the things that we are facing in Africa are not the things that you people are facing in the Western context. But it is important for us to know it does not matter which context it is, we're living at a time when everything is not where it should be. And it is only people that will be able to capture the heart of God regarding the brokenness that is around that will be, will be able to bring the solution that we long for. And so, as I stand here, one of the things that I really want to do is to provoke us, even as we finish this conference, that we, we be able to, as we remember some of the pictures that we've been able to show you, and I, really, I repeat again, these are not pictures uh, that are, we've borrowed. These are real pictures. This, this is real life. This is something that we have been able to believe God because God spoke to us as we gathered as leadership, a leadership of our spheres. And God spoke to us and said, I want you to respond to some of these things. And as a result of our getting, hearing the voice of God prophetically, we've been able to see the results that you can be able to see today. And I really want to provoke us and I really want us to be on the edge, to be able to uh, see a broken world and to be able to ask questions, big questions like, what do we do so that we can be able to bring the much-needed hope? So in the case of Nehemiah, what we see is Nehemiah is uh, responding. I like what Nehemiah, when Nehemiah picks the heart of God regarding the time he is living and the comfort, because the man was in a comfort place, like you all know, he was living in a palace, he was, everything was facilitated for him, there was Life was easy for him, but out there, there was a lot of crying. The Bible is showing us how uh, Nehemiah responds. The Bible says, when I heard these things, verse number four, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. And I believe time has come for us to begin to weep because of our nations. The time has come for us to be able to, when we think about, uh, I mean, recently just being in this country and, uh, you know, in, walking around and, talking even with children, you, you really pick that there is a, there is a, the, the old vibe of family is being broken every now and then. And there is a need for the church because we are the hope of the nation. We are the, we are the people that it does not matter. And I really want to say this very, uh, with boldly, when we are, when we've heard the voice of God, let us not try to speak correctly. Let us not, what I mean by speaking correctly, uh, let us not want to please everybody. We, we've got, because when you think of people like the people that brought hope in the times of uh, when Israel was backslidden, they would stand and they would tell the king, this is happening, thus says the Lord, this is happening because of you. They were not, they were not uh, apologetic like I see many times we struggle. We've just picked the heart of God and we are struggling. How do we convey this message? How do, we, how do we pass this message? So we, we try to become co political correct. The statements that we make from our platforms and from our places, we try. Brothers and sisters, the time has come for us to give the prophetic as it is. 
The time has come for us. If the Lord has been able to speak, like in our case, and I really want to say we thank God for the platform that God has given us through our TV uh, ministry back in Kenya, and we, we've got a credibility that speaks to the president and the many people that uh, I'm, I'm talking about, even the past presidents. We, we've got a credibility, and we are able to stand and say, thus says the Lord. And this is what is needed. It is that statement, it's that heart from God that will bring the solution we are looking for. It is that message that you picked from the heart of God, whether it is in the meeting places, and some of the things we pick, let us not deny our word, the prophetic messages that we are hearing. Because it is a word that is, is a fresh word. It's something that is coming from the heart of God. And that is going to help uh, bring the much needed solution in a given situation. We, we have become beneficiaries of uh, boldly taking the statements that have come to us prophetically. Like I said, New Frontiers is uh, what it is today, getting back into the 70s. Brothers were willing to pay the price of hearing the voice of God, and it was still in the Western context, and they were able to apply what God was speaking during those times, and today we can be able to see the results. We can be able to see what God has been able to do over the last decades of years of brothers being, being obedient to what God is speaking to them. And I really want to say, brothers and sisters, we are in a new season, and my heart is so excited being among you, one of the things that has really blessed me immensely, uh, and one of the things, the night when Goff was uh, inviting uh, 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 Mike to come and speak to us, he used a statement that we used back in Kenya when he came to us. He said, Mike is a precious gift, and that is what we believe back in Africa. Every time we've got Mike with us, we look to him as a precious gift, a brother who is not fronting his agenda, but fronting, wanting to create, together with his teams, to create an environment where the work of God will be all the time being pushed to the, to the nations of the world. And I really felt very blessed uh, being here to be able to see the different types of people who are, he has been able, the leadership here has been able to create an environment which will never create a gap within the relational mission. There will never be a gap because they have been able to take on board the next generation. And I'm seeing wonderful relationship together. Brothers who are leading at the moment with a young generation that is coming up. Wonderful, wonderful friendship. And that gives me what? It tells me, and I want to say prophetically, that this movement called Relational Mission has a wonderful future. The future is great. And I really want to call upon you, brothers and sisters, to be able to hear my voice. That God will lead this movement to places that you've never been before. There, there will be, you become catalysts of great things that God is showing you. I can see many people will come and borrow leaf from what is happening with you here. And therefore, I call upon, upon your diligence. I call upon you people to jump on board and all together push this ship because God will take it to the nations. God will take you to places that, places of power, places that people will be able to see there is a light that is shining coming through the relational mission. And so I was so excited and I kept on talking to Frida and saying, what a wonderful picture we are seeing here. Uh, when I see people like Steph and others coming on stage and the many people that have been able to serve us so wonderfully, I see friendship on mission. I see the generation that is leading now with the generation that is coming uh, being so wonderfully friends 
and that is going to provide the future I'm talking about. So just like Mike said, he's talking about, I hear the sound of rain. I am looking to a great future for you guys. I'm looking to great things that God will do with you. God will take you to the nations. God will allow you to handle millions of pounds for the sake of the kingdom of God. So be ready, friends. Be ready this. Be ready for the all that God has in store for you. And this is why I'm saying that we've got to treasure the prophetic because we are hearing. I am standing here this morning and I'm hearing God speak to my heart. I'm hearing the spirit of prophecy. The prophetic edge is on another level this morning to challenge us and to be able to let us know that we can be able to hold and cling to the things that God has been able to speak to us. I was uh, just looking through I, 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 and looking through what God has been able to do with us over the years. I have been telling my people when the prophetic comes, this is what it means to me. It's a word from the heart of God. This is not something that is coming from any one of us. It's coming directly from God. And I said, I keep telling the people, the prophetic is important because it produces prophetic faith. It is able, it's only the reason why the same Elijah is able to prophesy the plenty of food and uh, someone who was a leader and who was a keep, the keeper of the gate could not understand is because he never understood the prophetic. And therefore, Elijah can be able to tell him, you will see with your eyes, but you'll not taste. Because the prophetic produces a prophetic faith. But above everything else, and this is what I love about the prophetic, this is what has been able to shape us, this is what is keeping us on the edge back in Africa, this is what is making us to reach to the kings, this is what is helping us to be able to have a great presence in every quarter of governance. It's because of the prophetic words God gave us many years back. I want to say this this day. The prophetic keeps us going even when the, the going gets tough. We are able to push because we know God has spoken. And God has said. And I really want to let somebody know. We, we can say many things and our things cannot come to pass. We can promise each other many things, and because of circumstances, that does not happen. But any word that comes out of the mouth of God shall never fail. It shall come to pass. He is reliable. He is reliable. We can trust the Lord 100%. And I really want to call upon us, friends. The moment has come. Let us be on the edge. Let us desire. I love Paul. He's coming to some of the churches and he's talking about all the different giftings and reaches upon and a point and he tells them, above all, you may prophesy. There is something special about the prophetic. And uh, so Nehemiah is, uh, when he looks to the broken world, he cannot keep his eyes. And this is why I'm calling upon us. There is, when this DVD was starting, I'm asking this question, where are you standing? What are you seeing? Because it's important. If your heart is seeing a broken world, can I tell you something? We will not have to need to kind of find you to uh, do something. You will do something because there, you're seeing a broken world. There is a passion. And one of the things that I want to commend you for, and one of the things that I'll go back and talk about you to my people back in Africa, is the passion that you people have been able to show. I was telling Mike, I've kept on talking to uh, Frida and yesterday uh, working with Adam. I was saying I have been so blessed because one of the things that we are being told and it's being pushed so much by the enemies of the Christian faith is how the church is falling out in the West. But brothers and sisters, being among you, 
and the kind of worship that has been here. I see no wonder God is as allowed. This conference will go down in history. This conference will go down in history as a moment in time in the relational mission when God appeared to you and made some things clear to you, when God appeared to us and spoke things that we're going to treasure for a long time to come. And the reason is very simple. You did not just bring your bodies here, you brought your passion and your faith. And that pleases the Lord. That pleases the Lord. And I commend you as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I want to say, brothers and sisters, in this context, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Let, let, there be, let, let us help the world to know we've got pockets of faith, even when we talk about revival. When we talk about revival, revival will come to us because God can see the pockets of faith all over in Europe and other parts of the world. When, a, when, a, when God sees faith, he's attracted. God cannot do anything else but just come. And that is why even during our time here, like yesterday, uh, great moments of the power of God work at work in our midst. It's very simple. It's when just Jesus would say, and even when we look in the Acts, we see the Bible is recording, and when people like Paul or Peter saw the faith, there, there was, the faith was present for them to be healed, something always happens. And I really want to say, brothers and sisters, let us always give what you've given this conference, your passion and your faith. So uh, Nehemiah looks to the broken world, and he can only weep. He can only weep. And I really want to call upon us. The time has come, friends, even as uh, Mike was talking about the moment of intercession. We need, we need to include that as we get, as God carries us and allows this wave of, 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 of uh, rain coming up upon us, of interceding. May we intercede with groans that no man can be able to bear. Because we are living at a time, and I want to say this, things will not get better. Things will not get better. You know, we've just come in your country, and we're getting a little bit concerned of the, the politics of the day, because I'm, I'm beginning to ask a question. Is, is Europe retrogressing? We, we back in, in Africa, like in Kenya, we are beginning to open up so that we can be able to work with other countries of East Africa and Central Africa. But all of a sudden, I come here, and I find it's like all of a sudden, countries are beginning to retrogress. And we, we need to know these are signs that are telling us things will not be easy. And the church needs to be proactive. We need to see these things quickly, just like in the case of the, uh, the Acts where the prophets were able to prophesy a severe famine coming, and the churches listened keenly like you are, and they were able to do something so that when the problem came, they were able to address it. I want to say, brothers and sisters, the writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. And this is the time we don't need to be complacency in our, in our faith in Jesus. This is not the time for us to be uh, kind of be begged to come for prayer meetings. We need to be there without, without, without being pushed. We, ju we just need to be there. We just need to come in. And uh, yesterday evening, as, uh, it was nice sitting here and hearing uh, Richard talk about cutting of airs. And when he reached me, he said, no, I must not get there because uh, tomorrow you will be speaking. And uh, talking with Holly, I, I love just this brother as he's leading the worship. Like Richard said, this man comes to worship Jesus. And this, we, need, we need the attitude as we get there. I want to worship Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't need the musicians to wake me up. 
I don't need them to fund me. I just, I've just come to worship Jesus. And so what do I do when I come to a moment of worship? I just worship. We need, we need that. And one of the things I, I thought Richard would be in so that I can be able to tell him, we woke up with sunshine because Edward Buria is speaking. I brought the sunshine. <laughs> Beautifully. So we, we, we don't need, we don't need, this is the moment when we need to be at edge. God is speaking to us and God is, even in this context, I tell you, Mike, this is one of the best conferences I've been to. Because seated here, it just reminded me of uh, the early days uh, when we came to this country in the, in the 80s, early 80s, mid 80s. And, and that simple faith, which was not complicated. Amazing. And you guys are back there. I salute you in the Lord Jesus. You're back there. And wait and see. The reason why I'm getting excited and we, we will keenly watch this space because we are part of you. I, I go back with this passion that you can see I have. And I'm telling you, we've got thousands of people. We've got a conference that is coming in August. We've got 1,600 leaders booked in. And we will, we will tell them about this. We will tell them to pray for the rain to come. And, and, and you know what we, we normally say? We normally tell people, when Kenyans pray, things happen. <laughs> yeah. When we pray, things happen. Because, because we have been, we have been, like you are aware, we've been through very difficult moments. And what has kept us going is prayer. So Nehemiah looks to the broken world, and I, this is what I'm calling upon us, that uh, may our hearts be compassionate enough to be able to uh, cry because to allow our tears to come down because of the areas that we see have been broken. Let there be some people in this context that will not do anything else, even as God brings the wave of intercession, that you ask, your passion is to pray for families, that you are there, Doing what? Praying for families in this country and in Europe. That God will sustain marriages. That children will grow in an environment that is conducive, where, where they can say we're safe and secure. That I, I really want to challenge us to be able to arise up and have people, even as, because you can see there is this spirit of cancer. We need people standing in the gap and saying, you spirit of cancer, we come against you all the time so that we can keep our people healthier, so that our people can remain in good health. John is telling Gaius, his friend, my friend Gaius, I want above everything else, just like your soul is prospering, that you remain in good health. It's the will of God to give us good health. And we need people, it, during this wave of this intercession that is coming, you have just dedicated your time to be praying for families and people that you know. You're, you're just driving away sicknesses and praying for good health. Because good health is good as we carry on the gospel to the ends of the world. We need people that will be praying for the social injustice. And, and, and people that can be able to, as you touch that area, you're remembering Africa. We were, the other day we were just thinking that we just began to knock the doors of southern Sudan. And we'd, got, we'd begun some good work again because of hearing the voice of God prophetically. And we began to get in there. Suddenly... A nation that is not even two years old, suddenly it's in turmoil. We, we need, hey, brothers and sisters, the world is broken. The world is broken. 
And we've got, we, let's not, let us not call it any other name. It's the world is broken. The world and the systems are broken. And the church is the hope of the nation. And I can be able to say that because I have exp I've got experience. I've been able to see with our own country. I've said again and I want to repeat again. When Kenya was breaking down and when everybody was saying the, the country has come to the end, we had the voice of God. We stood in the gap. We created a platform. We continued to profess over this country. Our band was able to compose a song, prophetic song, that was being played in all the media houses and wait a minute. The prophetic won the day, and the country has remained together. So we need, we need, hallelujah. We need, we need, we need, we need to see these things. And we need people, even as God brings us to, uh, I'm excited about the future, so excited about the future. I am not afraid at all, because God has already spoken about what is going to be. In fact, I'm not even worried about the end time like many people do. I'm not building a, a, a doctrine around uh, the end time and nothing else. You know, we've got some people back in our place. They were told, because Jesus is coming tomorrow, sell your goods, sell your everything, because we're just going right now. And unfortunately, many people out of foolishness did that. Hey, brothers and sisters, I, I, want, I want Jesus to find me working until the last minute, because the plan is there. He has been able to give us the plan and the compass. We know where we're going. We've, and I want to say, not yet, because there is an anointing today. Uh, towards the end, I will just pray that God will release the anointing for prophetic upon this movement, upon this movement, that will uh, be able to propel this movement to another level that you've never been before. And I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, you have had prophetic words in the past, but wait a minute. What's going to happen from now is, is mind-blowing. God will speak in your local churches about what your local church is going to be engaged with. And uh, that prophetic word that will come will provoke faith. You will not need to worry about what the people will say. God will use the prophetic to be able to uh, ignite faith that is going to help your people embrace that prophetic that has come. But this movement is geared and is going far and wide. And I can see it. I'm not sensing it. I'm not hearing it. I can see it. Clearly, God has placed me in a position where I can be able to see 15 years down the line what will be happening with relational mission. And we just want to help the people that are working with me at the moment, the next generation. We must connect them. I will say to them, yes, we want to be friends with everyone especially New Frontiers, different spheres, because we are one big family. But I'll tell them, let's begin with relational mission, because there is something that God is going to do, that there is an explosion that is going to happen as a result of this. And that is why even our brother from Canada, when he was prophesying uh, over that, uh, the country, uh, the brothers from uh, Serbia, I, I am saying a big amen. He's standing there and saying, I hear this, and I'm saying, yes, my brother, I agree with you. Because this thrust, this wind is going to, there is something very powerful from relational mission with the North Europe. Big one. And we need, we need to embrace these things because God is speaking to us. And so, uh, even as we uh, draw, because I want to provide some enough minutes. You know, one of the other things I do back in Africa, in my church, we have a lovely church. 
uh, we've just, uh, God helped us to, by His grace, helped us to be able to put up a sanctuary that seats about 2,000 people. And uh, uh, we, we're so blessed. And I keep on telling my people, uh, when, when you come, I, you, you, we, I preach with my people. I tell them, trust me enough. So I will tell them things like, tell your neighbor this. Speak to your neighbor this. Because we are all together in this. And one of the things I normally tell them is, when we come in uh, among ourselves as the, the way we are, we all become sons and daughters of the prophet. We are all prophetic. We all are prophetic and we can prophesy to one another. We are all prophetic. It must not come from special people. No, every one of you, Every one of you, you're prophetic. From today, you need to know that and to be able to exercise that, to step out in faith. Do not, do not, sometimes we are very careful about, uh, because, you know, in this country, uh, one of the things as I was waking up, uh, because I, I love taking care of time. I am not one of those people who will, uh, one of the things I see with us uh, back in the, in the continent is that uh, we, we try to say things that are not true, that we don't manage time well because it's part of the culture. Now, that is not true. Ma time management is crucial because, like I said, when I entered into Christianity, some of the things that surprised me is why would God tell Moses, we meet a certain time? Or when I, when I look in the New Testament, you hear the Bible is saying, and they were going to the temple at the hour of, of, of prayer. So when I was standing up, I was just thinking to myself, where, where is the big clock? Because I need to see it. I don't need to ignore the culture that I'm speaking into. And I can see, uh, uh, I can see my brother still have some 15 minutes. So, so I'm safe. I'm okay. So we will leave some minutes to be able to prophesy to one another. We need to do that. We need to exercise because we are sitting under an umbrella of the prophetic this morning for immediate but also something that is going to, to follow thereafter. It's very important, brothers and sisters, to be able to get these things down in our hearts. We treasure them. Uh, these are things that are coming from the Lord, and they must come to pass. So uh, Nehemiah says, uh, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. And I like what he does. If you're writing down the, the other response, I like the response of Nehemiah. Yes, God has spoken. He's compassionate. Uh, very compassionate about the brokenness that he has just received. So everything, uh, will, the prophetic message that has come to him will emanate from a heart that is compassionate. And I really want to say that, is, that the reason why our tears will flow as we think about the many sectors of life that have been broken is because of the compassion that God gives us. It's the compassion like that of Jesus when he's coming to Jerusalem and he sees the brokenness, and he says that uh, the Bible is saying that he saw the brokenness of uh, this city, and he said, and it was, he started to cry over Jerusalem. We will do the same because we carry the same heart of Jesus Christ. But uh, I would really want to advise us very strongly that even as we respond, we've got to do it the way Nehemiah does it here. He says, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the Lord. Can I suggest to us that, friends, even when the prophetic has come to us and it's clear, let's spend time around, around whatever it is, seeking God. There is, there is that, that quick, we want to quickly jump into things, and, and that can be danger, very dangerous. And I really want to say, Nehemiah does not jump, uh, although he's compassionate and he's moved, and his heart is longing to see 
uh, the, 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 the healing of this city, he does not jump quickly on board. And I really want to say, friends, even in the early church, we see the, the apostles fasted. Even when they knew, like one of the scriptures that I was seeing this morning, and really was blessing me so much, is uh, uh, Acts uh, chapter number 13, uh, I mean Acts chapter number 11. Uh, let's look to that one and see what is happening. Although this is a prophetic people, they're not just jumping everywhere. They're, they're doing what should be done by all of us. And I, I really want to caution us because there is the compassion sometimes can go ahead of the clarity that God wants to provide us to be able to know what we do. I mean like in these cases that you've just watched here, whether it is Manyangalo, Tukana, or Samburu, we don't just jump. In fact, some of the things I will do, when, when God is beginning to speak to us prophetically, I will bring in our social workers and I will tell them, capture the prophetic word that is coming so that that can create the action plan. We don't want to jump quickly because we don't want to provide solutions that are not going to be sustainable. Let's see Acts chapter number uh, 11. And then in a short while, we'll call Holy and the, st the team here to be able to sing a song. I really want you to sing a song, where is he? Holy, I want you to sing a song about fire, because I feel like fire. There is something fire here today. You know, there is, there is, there is something fire this day. You know, and I want you to sing something fire. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> 25. Uh, this is what the Bible says. Uh, uh, Acts 11. Yep. Oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm misleading you. So I'm sorry about that. It's Acts 13. Sorry. Acts 13. Acts 13. And verses 1. Yeah, in Antioch, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mayanen, uh, verse number two, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. I want you to note that. While they were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the mission work I have for them. In other words, as they were, yes, is a prophetic people, but they really want to make sure that they don't step out without getting the clarities from God. They, don't, they didn't want, want to just respond to this need without knowing that God was with them. And so what happens, as they were fasting and waiting on the Lord, the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and released them. This, I really want to say, brothers and sisters, let us, the element of prayer, once the prophetic has come, the element of prayer is absolutely crucial because we want, we want an endorsement. We want that confirmation just to be able to know as we pray, more clarity will come about some of the things that God has spoken to us. As we spend time before the Lord, a number of things that are very important will come to pass. And so, friends, as, we, as we, I draw close to uh, my sharing with us this morning, I really want to make, that, to make these statements that uh, we want our churches to be more engaged with our world as we meet the real needs of people with the power of God. The church must engage with all aspects of domains or the human aspects because that's where it's broken. Until the church presence is truly felt, 
or until the church's presence is seen, until everybody in the community say, actually, this church is the hope, because that's what the church is. And I really want to say to us, brothers and my sisters, let us be captured, even as we come to the conclusion, let us be captured by the future, the wonderful church that is being spoken in the book of Micah. That the mountain, like you said, Mike, the mount, this mountain is not just going to be something small out there. We're not just going to become something irrelevant and something that, wait a minute, the owner of the church is taking the church to where the church belongs. The church will become this giant mountain where the nations will stay. Let us run to the house of the Lord. Let us go in there for him to teach us his ways. The church, the presence of the church is going to become massive. It's going to become big. And the people will see the glory of God from the church. And I want to say from the church, the healing of the nation will go. The healing is in the church. And the church will become the healing to the nation. And I, let us not also forget as I conclude. And Holy and your team, come on stage please. Let us not forget this. Jesus as, is building his church. And like we've been singing, the gates of hell shall not prevail. So you're not a part of something weak. You're part of something that is great. You're part of something that is massive. We are part of something that is making headways. This church is not going to become something small. God is with us. Let us arise up as we sing this song together. And, uh, and Father, just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will release an anointing of the prophetic that upon this entire movement. I do pray, Father, from this day, this, this whole thing and this whole passion about being at edge on the area of prophetic, Lord, will go to another level. Let, the, let, let this blanket cover these people and these leaders. Lord, let this glory and let this power go with them to their local churches. Father, give us the joy of seeing the fulfillment of the prophetic words that have been spoken to us. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.